Okay, so this <laughs> next... <laughs> You're gross. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you'll veto the pull joke, but not the pension. <laughs> you got a double standard here. And by Google, you mean Bing? <laughs> How dare you. Okay, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready, Haas. What are you bringing to the table today, by the way? I mean, I should have this whole thing ready. I Do you figures. even need me on this episode? <laughs> it's going to be a straight monologue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I need to stop starting episodes with the word so. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, you've overdone the Voskamps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dot, dot, dot. So, all right. You got one of my favorite tweet replies this week. Um, you did this whole, like, my homeschool crew story, like you do sometimes. And I guess it made some references to purity culture courting. And somebody responded, really? In the light of Josh Harris. <laughs> and I know that she meant to say in light of, but she said in the light of Josh Harris. And it just really tickled me. And I was thinking, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yep. I've already come up with a few ways that we can use this phrase or replace common phrases with in the light of Josh Harris. Um, but maybe you can help me with some more. So, you know how when people are frustrated and they're like, oh, for the love of God, um, I was thinking, you know, we could just be like, oh, in the light of Josh Harris, <laughs> we can replace that phrase. And then we're not cursing, you know, because I think saying like, for the love of God is kind of a, a curse in a way or swearing or I don't know. See, um, my brain is stuck in, I want to be <laughs> in the light. <laughs> Exactly. See, I knew you. I know I could put you on the spot with this. In the light okay. of Josh Harris. <laughs> Another uh, thing we could replace. I think it was Power Rangers who were like, by our powers combined, we'd be like, in the light of Josh Harris, <laughs> we will accomplish great things in this episode. Oh, you really got tickled by this tweet reply, didn't you? Oh, my goodness. I have thought of it so many times. And okay, so another thing is um, maybe like when someone gets married, and instead of being like by the power vested in me, wow, you're going all the way. Just be like, in the light of Josh Harris, I now pronounce you husband and wife. <laughs> what about like a courtroom scene where you know, and the judge will say, in the light of this new evidence, in the light of Josh Harris, <laughs> I find That's the defendant really not good. guilty. That's really good. I think my favorite, though, is replacing for the love of God. Like, I, I just want to walk in my kid's bathroom and be like, really, kids, in the light of Josh Harris, why can't you keep this bathroom clean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the light of Josh Harris, um, it's also just a great transition. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> 
I wanted to take this moment to issue an apology um, to everyone that I ever encountered in the seventh grade. Uh, (laughs) It's come to my attention that I was a jerk in seventh grade based on a tweet that I read. So I just wanted to apologize to everyone that I ever encountered. Uh, My friends, I'm sure I was a jerk. My siblings, I know I was a jerk. My teachers, my Sunday school teachers, my youth pastor. Uh, Yeah, I'm really sorry for being a seventh grader and just thinking I knew everything. And wow, I'd like to apologize to Danny for just, I don't know, being really hot and tempting. Um, I want to apologize to you because even though I didn't know you, I'm sure that if I did know you, I probably would have been a jerk to you in seventh grade. So you you wouldn't have been amazed by my clarinet compositions. (laughs) Okay. In all seriousness, this tweet was going around that was like, um, uh, somebody that I knew in seventh grade, or I don't, I don't know exactly how the tweet was. It was like, Somebody sent me a post by someone I knew and said that was like, now she's a famous author and speaker, but she was awful to me in seventh grade. So this lady reached out to her and apologized. And I just have really mixed feelings about this. First of all, did that story even happen or was it just... uh so I think that apologies are really good and I am all for apologies. I'm not a Rachel Hollis girl. Stop apologizing person at all. I think that if you do wrong to someone, you should definitely apologize. And I think it's probably really good that this person apologized, but also like, what about the person who is holding a grudge for something that happened in seventh grade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. But does that person even exist or was this just performative <laughs> drama on Twitter? Okay, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. Uh, so in seventh grade, maybe it was eighth grade, uh, I had a period of a couple weeks where, you know, I went to public school where a girl was pulling my hair in the hallways. She would walk past me and she would pull my hair. And <laughs> uh uh, this happened several times. One time it happened in the bathroom when it was just the two of us. And I honestly thought she was going to beat me up. And I was trying to think about that scenario in light of this tweet. Like, let's just say this person, I can see her face. I found out she was like a famous singer or something. Like, She's Kate and- Shellnut. <laughs> and I went on social media and I was like, well, she's famous now, but in seventh grade, she pulled my hair. I just feel like that's a little bit ridiculous. Like, seventh graders are really struggling. <laughs> I don't know if everybody remembers seventh grade. Okay, see, I too was a jerk in seventh grade, but I didn't have any friends, so no one actually realized that I was a jerk. So you need to apologize only to your siblings and your parents. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just think that some of this stuff, it's like, yes, that's really great. I, I understand why it spoke to people because apologies are good things. But at the same time, it's like, come on, guys. Do you remember seventh grade? It was bad. It was really bad. So, yeah. And I also think that, like, and this kind of flows well into our next topic, that when you tell everyone about your good deed, you lose, like, a million righteousness points. <laughs> <laughs> How about this reply? How about 
Actually, I should probably just do a tweet about this. <laughs> I should do a tweet where I say, someone reached out to me and said, you were a jerk to me in seventh grade. And I replied, yep, still am. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, it felt great, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just... Uh... I mean, I would be happy to apologize to someone who came to me and was like, oh, you were so mean to me in seventh grade. Like, oh, wow, I'm sorry. But also like, wow, I was 13 and couldn't handle my life like every single seventh grader. Okay. Anyway, so speaking just, say, of- <laughs> just grab them by their elbows. Are you okay? Do I need to take you to the hospital? <laughs> oh. That's mean. This is a call for all of us to let go of our middle school grudges. Just not hold it over people's heads. Okay, so speaking of public apologies. (laughs) Oh, gosh. How are we even going to start this? So Joshua Harris, as everybody who is has a pulse and is on Christian Twitter and Instagram knows, uh, has... He's getting a divorce, which that came out a few weeks ago. But then um, last week he tweeted this information that he is deconstructing or whatever the phrases you want to use. He doesn't consider himself a Christian. And then he issued an apology to the LBGTQ community. Fine. Okay. So I don't actually, I got my piece of paper out. I took my notes on paper this time. Um, I don't really care where Joshua Harris is actually at in his spiritual journey or how he got there. Um, that's not, I, I have no way of knowing that. Uh, but man, with him and with other famous Christians, I just really take issue with the publicizing of your spiritual journey. And I thought we could talk about that. <laughs> I think the word that you use is really good. It's performative. Yeah, it's like this performative journey that people are on. I felt this also about Derek Webb. Um, you know, he he also went through a divorce ba- because he had an affair. And then over the next, like, four years, at one point he, like, talked about he wrote this really amazing thing about how like whatever it is that you think that you want, it's not, it's not it. And it's not going to get you what you need. But then also in the last, you know, however many months or year, he's now like an atheist or I don't know. I don't know where he's at, but I just think that anything that is performed by a famous Christian and, I I mean, I don't care what you say, like social media, a lot of times, not all the time, is just a performance, right? But anything that's performed has to be scrutinized before it's wholly accepted. Because when we get on Instagram or Twitter and say something about ourselves personal, it's not just happening in a vacuum, right? People are going to read it and respond with either affirmation or, um, you know, dissension. So, like in the case of Josh Harris, you know, he announced his divorce and people, it it was obviously the mixed response. Some people were like, we're really sorry to hear this. Other people were like, serves you right or whatever. And then 
with his uh, announcement about his faith, it was like the same thing. And all of that feeds us. Like all of that feedback feeds us. So we're either getting the dopamine rush from like the uh, the likes or the comments of affirmation, or we're getting, I don't know if it's cortisol or whatever the, like the negative hormone is um, when we're met with anger, but like all of those hormone responses in our bodies are addictive. And I think that this is why famous Christians can't just step out of the spotlight. Like, I think there's a, we talked about this too. There's, there's something that happens with, with famous Christians that, like you said, the spotlight becomes addictive, but also they begin to equate the spotlight with virtue, if that makes sense of I've been given this fame because I'm doing something right. This is my Mm -hmm. reward. Uh, Right. So that's why, you know, whenever a famous Christian kind of blows up or their life blows up and everything's a mess, you get people like me and you saying, well, they should just go sit in a pew somewhere and just get out of the limelight. <laughs> yeah. But, but they can't. They can't because their whole life they they have sort of reimagined fame as being right. a virtue. And now the idea of stepping out of the spotlight, the reverse of that would then become true. Of, well, I've done something wrong if I'm not in the spotlight. This is bad. I'm being a yeah. bad Christian if I'm not famous. Yeah. And they just can't. They can't. That's why Tullian is not just sitting in a pew somewhere. He's trying to be our philosopher king on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Josh Harris can't just go work this thing out by himself. He's doing Mm -hmm. it in front of everyone because that's that's the fame. Right. Can't step away from it. And like I understand that people have the feeling that they're building communities on social media. And I think that you know, we feel that too a lot of times with listeners and the feedback and all that. But if you're going through some really heavy stuff, like you, you're not going to get what you need <laughs> on social media. Yep. You're you're going to get that by sitting down with humans, skin, like, <laughs> not, I, I was going to say skin to skin. That's obviously not what I mean. Oh, you're on the right podcast. I mean, like, like, in that. person, like, look in your eyes. There's no hiding. I mean, there is, but, like, there's just a lot. It's just, Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, like, is it beneficial at all for someone like Josh Harris or Tullian to remain in the public eye when they're such at such a crucial point in life? So I was thinking, like, well, maybe he just wanted to say this last thing and then he's going to fade out. Spoiler alert. No. But- <laughs> Um, yeah, so I just, I just can't imagine that for his or for any of our like actual spiritual growth and journeys that it's beneficial to have so much input from the outside Yeah, because I mean, oh, I've, I've told Danny this several times. Like if we got to a make or break point in our relationship, like social media would be the, one of the first things to go. So that we could focus, not because there's like temptation out there. There is, but that's not what I would like. That's not the reason. It's so that our focus would be each other and our family and making sure that we're okay, not on, you know, whatever else. (laughs) This podcast would get so bad if one of us 
had like major life drama. It was, it was shut down, and <laughs> I'm I'm totally fine to say that. Like, <laughs> I love you guys, all of you listeners, but I am not sacrificing my family for anything. Like, there's no way. So, anyways, yeah, I just I'm just so bummed out at the lack of self awareness in so many christian like famous christian people just like and i know that people like get good things out of it i guess like probably some people needed to hear that apology and that's fine that he wanted to say that but also like okay that's fine i'll just please go away and take care of yourself without everyone else yeah (laughs) a couple a couple of things i i took away from it was one, it sets up a really interesting confrontation between uh, Josh Harris and the the sort of ex homeschool mm-hmm. progressive community. Uh, there, there's a pretty vibrant community of, of ex homeschoolers that uh, is really angry at Josh Harris. Continues yes. to be, and that's you know they've kind of made that a big deal to be angry at him. Yeah, and I would say overwhelmingly progressive in, in their in their views. Um, and now that he's kind of taken a hard turn left, it, it really is going to be interesting to see, do they accept that? Do they meet that with, uh, you know, that it, it's just going to be very interesting of, of how yeah. they react to that. Yeah. And I was also thinking about like how this is, this is kind of me just, uh, judging maybe like how, how much is just his desire? <clears throat> how much does his desire to just like feel accepted playing into all of this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like, is it, is this journey being influenced by his desire to just like smooth things over to, to be accepted and to not have so many people dislike him? Yeah. You know, he's, he's just a fascinating character. Um, I, and I, mean, I have to admit, and I will say this, I meant to say this at the beginning, I'm indifferent to him as a person because I was, I don't feel like I was super negatively affected by like the courtship movement. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I'm not one of these people who has been like, oh, I like just hating on him for several years. And I also was not somebody who thought highly of him at any time. Yeah. He's just always kind of been out there. So yeah, take that for what it is, but <sighs> it yeah. makes me wonder too, like the timeline uh, of him leaving. What was it covenant life? Is that the name of the church? I don't remember the name. The, the CJ Mahaney church. Yeah. Um, yeah. The timeline of him leaving and saying he was going to seminary. Mm, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And was in seminary. And then this whole thing. But like that, that's a, the, the timeline between him leaving, going to seminary, and then this. Uh-huh. Pre- pretty uh-huh. short. Like pretty short. Yeah. Just, it, I would say like within the last three or four years maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know Josh Harris. It just he kind of cuts a, tra- a tragic figure to me in, in some ways. Yeah. Of, yeah. It's, you know, like I, I, I feel like I was set back to some degree by the courtship movement. How much mm-hmm. of that was his fault? I don't know, but yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, he was a kid. He was a yeah. kid, and you know, heaven forbid, we all have 
our thoughts at age 20 put in the book, you know? <laughs> yeah. And were they really even his thoughts or was he just the face of it for this movement that's existed for a really long time? Yeah. You know, he's the young, handsome, like he's going to make this cool for yeah. a whole generation of people. Yeah. So, and I also think that like part of this seems tragic to me, the whole performative thing, because he really does need to take care of himself probably like being in ministry, going through a divorce, like, and now whatever deconstructing his faith or wherever he's at, like he needs to take care of himself for the good of his kids. And is, is the way that he's going about it going to actually help him? Or is it going to be, and I think we can all, take that question and turn it back on ourselves, not just when we're going through like a huge life change, but anytime we're going through anything and we're tempted to put that out into the very public, not, not talking about like sharing it with friends and community groups, whatever, but anytime we're tempted to put that out really publicly, like what, why are we doing that? What are we trying to get from that? Mm -hmm. Or we could just do what you do and never tweet anything serious ever. <laughs> it has its it has its benefits. <laughs> I, I did a uh, I did a a tweet about the band PFR. This is like a serious tweet of never <laughs> never forget PFR. Huge yes. PFR fan, Christian yes. band from the nineties. And uh, one of one of the responses, this this guy was confused. He was like this. I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have it pulled up. He said, this, this, this better, you just better be leaving character at the moment because if you're trying to make fun of PFR, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> and I had to tweet back. I was like, no, this is actually kind of a serious tweet. I really enjoyed PFR. <laughs> I'm glad we could talk about that. And thanks for giving me an opportunity. I, uh, I had a lot of very angry moments processing this already. So I'm glad we got to the point where I could talk about it rationally. You're good. One, one more thing. One of the things <laughs> I really have not enjoyed about this is is sort of the reformed uh-huh. backlash. And a very specific kind of backlash. It's, it's the reformed backlash of... It's like theological retconning almost of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, well, he was never really saved to begin with. Mm-hmm. I, I I just find it to be a really, really unsavory aspect of, of Calvinism. Uh, and not yeah. saying everybody does that. It's a small minority of Calvinists that do right. this. But right. it's like they feel compelled by, you know, the tenets of re- Reformed theology of, oh, no, 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 no. He, he was never actually saved. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that, that there's no need for that. Like, even, right. You're even not you adding. <laughs> really believe that there's no need for that right now. Yes. Um, and also like if he comes back next week and says, you know what? I've been talking to some brothers in the faith and I'm, I, I think maybe I'd like to come back to Christianity. Then what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then yeah. You, then you got to go back on what you just said and be like, well, actually yeah. he actually was saved the whole time. No, this is the first time he's getting saved for the first time. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness! Pet, pet peeve of mine. Just thank goodness Calvinist Twitter doesn't decide our salvation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we should move completely away from the courtship movement and uh, do part two of how to make your youth group crush fall in love with you. <laughs> Seamless transition of topics. 
And full disclosure, we tried to record this segment with Danny and it just didn't go well because Danny came with nothing to the table. Just throwing your husband under the bus. My goodness. It's fine. Okay, I'm going to talk about that in a second, though. And then Matthew was deferring to Danny to talk. And then Danny was deferring to me to talk. So it just all was very awkward. And so we we scrapped it. <laughs> all right. I will say so, this. Danny did come through. He he was keeping his powder dry content-wise <laughs> for, the, for the final segment of Mr. Rogers' bedroom talk. Gross. Okay. So I did realize that, like, I don't actually... I don't actually know why I sprung this on him because Danny is an artist and also not the best with words. <laughs> so that was kind of my fault for not giving him enough time to prep or maybe not helping him <laughs> prep. So I have, we did, we did your version, which was how to get a guy to fall in love with you. Yep. And then, so this is how to get a girl to fall in love with you. Hang or on, maybe gotta, just like, I got to take notes on this one. <laughs> or maybe just like you or pay attention to you. I, any any um, of the above. I'm still taking notes. <laughs> so these are going to increase in seriousness. I have three. And the first goes off kind of of what you said about wearing perfume. Yep. But I'm just going to dial that back a little bit and just say be clean. Yeah. Just like shower and practice good hygiene. Uh, <laughs> teenage... Boys, wow. It's rough. I mean, it's rough. It's rough. You guys are... Not even our fault sometimes. It's just... There's just a lot of stuff going on. I mean, two showers a day would work. It would be fine. Morning and night. Uh, You know, if you're going somewhere in the morning, maybe don't count on last night's shower to to get you through. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like the, the cologne, dial it back a little bit. Yeah, so I I did say, I I do have written down that cologne is good, but you need less than you think. Yes. So maybe, like, spray it in the air and walk into it. (laughs) Fear-based coloning is not the way to do it. Don't put on cologne like you're afraid you're going to smell bad. And don't wear cologne to cover not showering. Okay, guys? (laughs) Okay, so be clean. I mean, it's so simple. Um, the second thing is don't be a dick. So (laughs) (laughs) I think that in childhood and in growing up, we kind of boys tend to try to use negative attention to get attention. So they try, they, they don't, they're not always taught how to express themselves and attraction and all that. So they use negative things to get attention but when you do that you're just being a jerk so it doesn't really matter what you're trying to convey you're just conveying that you're a jerk this is true this is true because (laughs) when i was in youth group there was a girl that i was really interested in and i didn't know how to convey that and i didn't even realize this was happening but it was like i just found myself kind of picking at her and kind of teasing her a little bit. And it wasn't anything like, it wasn't like harassment or anything. It was just kind of right. like, you know, guy on guy, you know, ball busting kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I didn't. Teenage re- girls don't like that. Yes. And I didn't realize that. I was like, why does she hate me? And then I came back later and I was like, oh, like she didn't, like she doesn't get that that's 
that was my mm-hmm. primitive way of saying I notice you. And I actually okay. came back and talked to her about that, like in our twenties, and said, "Hey, I'm you know." Oh my gosh, she went back and apologized for something you did in high school. That is <laughs> revolutionary. I was like, "Hey, I, I really liked you back then," and I'm, you know, this was, you know, we were past all that at this point. But I said, "Hey, sorry for teasing you so much. I think I was just, I was, I was." pretty lovelorn and didn't really know how to express myself. Yeah. So the thing is, I I said that teenage girls don't like that, but also women are kind of trained to just enjoy any attention. So a girl might pretend that she enjoys the negative attention, but you're setting yourself up for a pretty dysfunctional relationship if that's how it goes down. Like if she's responding to negative attention, then you're going to keep giving that and then eventually it's there's there's going to be a breakdown and oh I meant to say this at the beginning of the segment when I was talking about moving away from the courtship thing I realized when I was writing these notes down the other night instead of listening in my school meeting that this is like the anti-courting advice (laughs) so like courting is like you never are with anybody until you're with the person that you're going to marry I'm not talking sexually I mean like dating or no, just, you mean literally physically? Yeah, you're you you don't you don't have like girlfriends and boyfriends. You have like a betrothed, and um, but this is the anti that because I think that men and women can practice caring well for each other as they date, right? Even if the person doesn't end up as your spouse, you you have this opportunity to practice being in a relationship. Well, Casey, I was told that (laughs) dating, dating is how people practice divorce. But that's not true. That's not true at all. That's, that's like, why? Why do we say that? Why can't it be the other thing? Why can't we be practicing being a good partner in a relationship? And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Dating is not marriage. Well, Casey, your heart (laughs) is like tape. And you just go sticky. Oh, please it. don't don't say it. Don't say sticky twenty seven times. Okay, my last my last thing. So you have to see her. So when you're attracted to a girl, um, you can't conjure up in your fantasy world what she's like, right? You obviously see her on the outside. And you have an idea of the kind of person that you want to be with. But you have to get to know her for who she is, not for who you want her to be. And I think that we just get caught up in it. Well, this is not everybody. This is my personality. You get caught up in your own head and your thoughts and your fantasies about people. um, And it's not grounded in reality. So you have to you have to take the time and pay attention to the girl that you like so that you can get to know her for who she is. And then you can pursue a relationship um, based on what you know about her. And it's not her job. It's not a woman's job, a female's job to conform herself to whatever you want her to be. It's, it's your job to see her for who she is and then decide, is this a person that I want to be with? So, yeah, that's it. That's my advice. Okay, but how? As uh, if you're, if you're tell, <laughs> talking to a guy, uh huh. You you see the girl, but how do you? If you're the guy, how do you convey that to the girl? That's the key. 
How do you convey what? That you like her? Yeah, well, that you, that you see something in her. Oh, that takes time and attention. I'm out. So <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, we want we want relationships to be quick and easy, and there's absolutely nothing quick or easy about a good relationship. Okay, it takes a lot of time and attention and intention. So, yeah, if you're not down to do that, then maybe you're just not ready to date, and that's fine too. All right, yeah. so let's do a little, uh, let's do a little role play here. I am the. Oh my gosh, I am not role playing on this podcast. <laughs> I am, I am a clueless seventeen-year-old boy in youth group. Just use your imagination. I know this is, I, I know this is a stretch. I'm coming to you for advice. Do okay. I, do I compliment the girl I like when she is alone, or do I compliment her when she is around her friends? I don't know. What's her personality? Is she comfortable in groups of people or is she uncomfortable in groups of people? I'm 17. I have no idea. I don't understand that's any of the words you just said. That's what, that is something that you have to learn before you go out there and be like, Hey, I like whatever. Like that's, that's what I'm talking about. You have to get to know someone before you just try and jump into the deep end of wooing her. I mean, you can try it, but you're 50-50 on if it's going to be a good thing. Okay. As a 17-year-old homeschool boy, (laughs) is there a way to do this without ever actually having to speak to the girl? No, there's not. Dang. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to to move past that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Still as a 17-year-old. Get on on instant messenger. Oh, dang it. You got... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I knew where I was going. I can't do this on instant messenger. Is that what you're saying? You absolutely can get to know someone that way. Okay. I'm listening. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> How much have we gotten to know each other over DMs? Like probably 97% of what we know about each other. Right? So yeah, you can get to know someone through texting or instant messenger doesn't exist anymore. Unfortunately. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll exit the role play now. Now, instead of a 17-year-old clueless guy, I'm just uh, I'm just an old clueless guy now. Okay. All right, so one of the things that, that I was told was <laughs> that, I think this came from James Dobson, was that women value security, that that's a motivating factor for women. Mm-hmm. True or false? React to it. What do you think about that statement? Well, everybody has to feel safe. Everybody has to feel safe. So, yes, but it's not just women. Men want to feel safe, too. We're just, they're just not, they don't know how to admit that they need to feel safe. Because okay. they're supposed, they've been fed this lie that it's their job to create the safety. And it's ah. actually, it's not. In a relationship, you you are that place for each other. Okay, well, the second half of that statement was that women value security, men value significance. But why don't women value significance, too? I want to be told I'm significant. I want to be, I want to, I want someone to tell me this is what you bring to the table. Why wouldn't I want that as a woman? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. So maybe we should just not 
you know, split these very human desires down the middle and be like, oh, this is what this person wants and this is what this person wants. No, that's silly. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, is that men and is women... Is that you're wrong. <laughs> men and women are exactly the same. Oh, stop it. That oh, is not no, what I'm saying. This is saying. just typical. This is just <laughs> typical nonsense from, from the regressive left. Oh, is that what I am now? <laughs> I just think there's a lot of very just normal human things that don't need to be gendered, like security and significance, love and respect. Oh my gosh! Give me a break. <laughs> I think there, I think there is some truth to that. She wants love and he wants respect. No, they both want both. I couldn't figure out when I was a kid, when I was in youth group, I couldn't figure out why why some girls or a lot of the girls wanted the, the bad boy. You know what I mean? Which <laughs> well, they just didn't want. I get into that is what it boiled down to. Um. It's because I think, I think they had a looking, dysfunctional relationship in their home. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, the girls yeah. want the bad boy. I, I think even that was sometimes that is a function of just wanting security. Because I think sometimes when when a girl is looking for a bad boy, it's maybe a part of that is some low self esteem. Maybe some of that is I'm used to a bad father. And there's, exactly an what era, it is. there's an air of familiarity there of, oh, this makes me feel right at home if I'm with somebody that maybe I can feel superior to. Yeah, I don't think it's about superiority. I think it's just about what's familiar. Well, I think it's somebody that needs me, somebody that I can fix. Mm. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. I mean, if, if she's the kind of person that wants to fix people, yeah. not all women want to do that, despite what James Thompson says. Yeah, I don't think it's true for all women. I just think there is some truth to it. Yeah. So, well, that's all I got. And if you end up getting married based on this advice, please invite me to your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I will regretfully decline, but it'll be nice to be included. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't like weddings. (laughs) I I don't like weddings. Or any gathering of people. Well, yeah, there you go. I'm just kidding. I told you I got invited to a wedding from Twitter, didn't I? Yes, but you didn't go. It was a long way away, so I sent... I yeah, s- if you guys are going to actually invite us to your weddings, you have to pay for everything. Like, a new outfit, <laughs> the plane ticket, the hotel, and all the food. It was... Uh, I sent them <laughs> I sent them a gift. I sent them a box of Legos. And... Uh, oh, my the- Goodness. Ro- you didn't send them a gift from Covenant Spice? Who oh, no. Are you you got to pick that stuff out yourself. <laughs> well, they have like gift packs, like a starter pack. <laughs> and I wrote them like a, like a nice long letter filled with like just lies about how I'd known them both for a long time. <laughs> and I cherish the memories that we made with so-and-so and so-and-so. That's and so good. <laughs> They're pretty cool. They played along. They they sent back a note that just said, oh, yes, yes, so-and-so said hi and blah, blah, blah. Wow. I didn't know that part of the story. That's really fun. Yeah. Was cool. <laughs> okay. Are we ready to move on? Uh, because we well, cannot no, I get... When, I, I think that's what... I mean, people... 
People don't tune in this podcast to hear us make sex jokes, Casey. They want us to hear us. They want to hear us be serious the entire episode. <laughs> uh, we've, we've done okay. We've gone back and forth. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> don't don't take that negative attention uh, too seriously. <laughs> okay, so you know we cannot get enough of a transformed wife. So uh, come on, <laughs> we're going to Mad Lib some transformed wife tweets and oh i was so excited to do this because the transformed wife just writes her tweets in a very basic way so oh wait before we do this do you want to do the ann Voskamp thing speaking of not basic writing <laughs> yeah. by the way i got my five dollars this morning and within seven minutes I was getting a request for $8 back. What is that about? (laughs) Which you sent two Venmos, which was precious. And then you're like, will you pay me $8 to read this? What in the world? Well, you know, as as a great theologian, the Joker once said, if you're good at something, never do it for free. Okay, I'm not paying you any money to read this because there's, like, nothing about leaking. So, (laughs) but if you want to read it. Deal. I'll read it for free. (laughs) I don't know if this one hits you the right way. This one hit me as, like, one of her most. Okay, I have to admit, I I read it, like, when I was halfway awake. Okay, this one hit me as, like, one of her most explicit ones ever. (laughs) That's why you asked for $8. <laughs> exactly. All right. Ann Voskamp from her Facebook feed. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, true. It may <laughs> not feel like it, but really, today's a new hope and you're being remade and made new. That's the same thing, Ann. <laughs> and he's cupping your chin right now and turning your face toward his and the sun, my loyal love for you can't run out. <laughs> my merciful love for you could never dry up. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> They're created new for you every single morning. My faithfulness to you is great. Lamentations 322. <laughs> <laughs> He's... <laughs> Part of that she didn't even write. She just took it straight from the message. Uh, that's a lot of a lot of like visual image. Uh, that what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Anne, are you okay? <laughs> Cupping your chin and turning it, <laughs> <laughs> and telling you my voice. love. <laughs> telling you my love for you can't run out. Oh no! And my love for you could never dry up. And come on. <laughs> that was a good one. Ooh. I mean it's it's no let love leak through the cracks, but it was a good one. It's in the same I was gonna say vein, it's in the same area. <laughs> so there's a little uh, there's a little uh, both of those words inappropriate. Yeah. Okay. I apologize for nothing. That's a little preview of Christian tweets. Uh, I'm compiling <laughs> the next batch of Christian tweets. Uh, I can tell you they're going to be really nice. 
You are? I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll 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 do some Vice Camp next episode. Our next episode that I'm on. I don't know how it's all gonna work yeah. out, but uh, there's some good ones. Oh well, in the light of Josh Harris, I am excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? I have three tweets for us to Mad Lib. Okay. okay. I'm gonna. I, I'm throwing caution to the wind. I'm. I'm going to be purposefully inappropriate with these. Okay. I. I don't. I mean, we've been pretty serious on this episode. Okay. And uh, we've, yeah, we we no, both had our spouses are... on the show recently, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like our the amount of inappropriateness we can spend is pretty high. Okay, all right. So I need two verbs. <laughs> grinding. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Did you say grinding? Yeah. Okay. Another verb. I, they don't need to end in ing unless I tell you so. So I just put grind. Okay. <laughs> okay, another verb. Wow. Tickle. Okay. You like that one. Okay. Did I use that one I before? Need, I need three more verbs. Oh, wow. I, I told you. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, bounce. Okay. <laughs> Stretch. Okay. Go ahead. Lift. Okay. And then I need an adjective. Uh, let's see. I can't do that one. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I do hot? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Okay. Ready? Yes. I'm just going to go one at a time. We're not going to do okay. like all of them. Okay. Wives are nowhere commanded to grind and tickle their husbands. <laughs> okay. They're commanded to bounce, stretch, and lift their husbands while living hot lives. Yes. <laughs> hey, transform wife. I agree. I like the sound of this. <laughs> Uh, the original tweet said, wives are nowhere commanded to convict and change their husbands. They're commanded to love, submit to, and obey their husbands while living godly lives. Thank equally, you. Equally hot. Both tweets. Okay. So this <laughs> next. <laughs> You're gross. Okay. <laughs> so this next one is, I'm going to be asking for body parts, but. Um, they need to not be male parts. Okay. Well, now you're kind of narrowing it down a little bit. It actually works better if you just kind of sh- just, yeah. Okay. If I'm, if I'm not inappropriate. Yeah. Okay. So I need three, I need three body parts. Okay. So if we're not going inappropriate, we'll go, <laughs> um, feet. Okay. Uh, neck. Mm-hmm. And fingertips. Oh, perfect. All right. I need a adjective. An adjective, I should say. One adjective. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you've already vetoed sticky, haven't you? <laughs> no, you can do sticky. <laughs> it's a good one. Okay. Okay. I need an ing verb. An ing verb. 
I need two ing verbs. Two ing verbs. Okay. Running. <laughs> okay. And sweating. Oh, okay. Another adjective. Another adjective. Um, happy? Sure. <laughs> okay. Look at your bodies, women. Feet, neck, and fingertips. God created you for the sticky job of running and sweating new life. <laughs> What could be more happy than this? <laughs> she she said, look at your bodies, women, breasts, ovaries, and a womb. God created you for the magnificent job of creating and nourishing new life. What could be more important than this? <laughs> is it a magnificent job or is it a sticky job? <laughs> Who's to say? Could both things be true? I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> oh, man. I love her tweets so much. I've, I've moved from hate to love. <laughs> because they're so bad. Okay, last one. Oh, I almost started reading it. Okay, I need a verb. A verb? Um, I need three verbs, actually. Pinch? Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know what's going on in your head that while you try to choose these words. <laughs> uh, let's do pat. Okay. Oh, please just give me another P. <laughs> another verb. Pull. Yes. Oh my. You ask for a P one. Pinch, pat, and pull. Okay, I need two <laughs> I need two adverbs. And two. if you've forgotten, those are usually words that end in L Y. Um That's not I can't do that one. Uh firmly Okay. And <laughs> you're gonna need to edit out some of these pauses. <laughs> and daintily. Okay. <clears throat> and then an adjective. Um fun. Yes. Many females Many female preachers slash teachers have no problems teaching or preaching to men. I will never pinch them, nor pat them, <laughs> nor pull a woman who firmly and daintily <laughs> disobeys the word of God. As many are doing these days, women are to be fun in the church. <laughs> I agree. I like it when women are fun in the church. <laughs> okay. So she'd never pull a woman? <laughs> So she said, many female preacher teachers have no problems teaching preaching to men. I will never learn from them, nor listen to them, nor read a book written by a woman who stubbornly and intentionally disobeys the word of God, as many are doing these days. Women are to be silent in the churches. I'm just throwing this out there. Maybe a woman <laughs> doesn't enjoy being pulled. Maybe that's... <laughs> 
Maybe that's more of a man thing. Okay, okay. <laughs> just, just uh, the pinching can go either way, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you'll veto the pull joke, but not the pinching. <laughs> you got a double standard here. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. <laughs> Keep tweeting, lady, whatever your real name is. Alex or something. <laughs> They're so bad. I honestly... And she is like the new ratio queen. I think one of her recent tweets had like 6,000 or something replies. It was so bad. Hold on, I'm going to find it and tell you the number. Maybe it was just 1,000. <laughs> uh, Jerry Falwell would like a word with you of, of who the ratio queen is. Yes, no. Okay, so this is the one that had 6,000. 6,000 replies. No, I am not a huge fan of college for women. College's purpose is to prepare them for careers while making them go deeply into debt and does nothing to prepare them for being wives and mothers. <laughs> hey, there's, I'm not going to lie, there's a little bit of truth in that one. <laughs> Okay, but not all women are going to become wives and mothers. No, no, no. I'm just saying the, the whole <laughs> deeply in debt and doesn't always prepare you for life. Yeah. I, I identify mean, yeah. with some of that. Yeah, for sure. But she, yeah. <laughs> hey, ratio queen and proud of it. She, it, that that's impressive. 6,000 replies. She loves being the ratio queen. She really does. And I would love to know how many of her followers are just hate following her. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it has to be a sees lot. It as, sees it as confirmation when she gets ratioed. Don't worry. You still have more followers than her. <laughs> I was I was sweating bullets. <laughs> one on one of these episodes, I'm going to take the time and we're going to um, see how many famous people follow you. <laughs> Even mildly famous people. Oh, what's, Sometimes what's, I'll, I'll read your replies and I'm like, who is this blue check person? There's a lot of them. <laughs> I'm going to see. I don't even have to make sex jokes to make you uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh. You're getting so close to 7,000. Wow. Despite my best efforts. <laughs> no, they don't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's, okay. it's probably time to do another jerkin' to gherkin just to see what happens. <laughs> yes, please do. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. I've tried to do... <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's, let's do a little tweet workshop here. Uh, for okay. People. I had to do a follow-up. You know I love writing your tweets for you, so... You, you, you do. Uh, <laughs> you do. I, I've tried to do a follow-up to the jerkin' to gherkin. Okay. I've tried, tried to do like a female equivalent of that like a female veggie tail equivalent uh -huh. to that but it uh -huh. always comes off sounding like a like a porn when i do it uh-huh yeah so I, I'm, I'm gonna need some help with this one because it's like uh the original one was should what what was it some some pickle so jill jill, jill dill, be sorry, jerking sorry. the gherkin <laughs> jill dill be jerking that gherkin a veggie tail approach to sexual purity <laughs> <laughs> so like when i've tried to do like a, i've tried to flip it and be like should um should paul but should tom tater be 
<laughs> There's something about like feeling them like Mandy melons or something like that. Like it just always okay. comes off sounding like a porn. <laughs> I'm pre- I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure if I Googled Mandy Melons, there's probably a porn <laughs> Please star. Please don't. <laughs> probably a Please porn don't. star named Mandy Melons. And by Google, you mean Bing? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> many, many thought leaders choose to utilize Bing. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, I don't. But then what I what I get into, too, is like. I can't go Mandy melons because melons are a fruit. So then I'm thinking, all right, like I can't, like if I'm going to do like a female private part joke, it's got to be boobs. It can't be anything else. Why? But what's the vegetable equivalent of that? Then, then I get stuck. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I can't say that. I know. I, I don't know. I mean, would it be taters? But I, uh, potatoes? Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm working <laughs> through this. Boobs? Yeah, if if, if it was a vegetable, tomatoes. Okay, mater okay. <laughs> tomatoes. All right, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right, I, I'll keep working on this. I feel like I feel like this is an incomplete loop. Like I've got the Jill Dill jerk and the gherkin. I can't complete the loop until I. Do a, a tweet about a male veggie tail. Where are the veggie tails for sure all vegetables though? Or were there some fruits in there? Well, I mean, technically, tomatoes are fruit, supposedly. I don't buy it. I just think it's a lie. But... <laughs> I don't buy it. So I'll, I'll keep working on this. I was because... thinking if you do fruit, like a peach is a pretty, uh, pretty standard butt, a butt fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least it isn't in my text threads with Danny. <laughs> <laughs> the fun sexy bible time guide to sexting with emojis <laughs> I think that would be a good segment not I mean, for would us it, would it have to be between you and Danny like would that be the probably okay. yeah yeah you, you and Danny could, could do it <laughs> Um, the second thing is don't be a dick.